it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone. Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus podcast. Keep right on. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast. We're back again. I think this is our third episode in three weeks now, which I think is pretty damn impressive. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, and uh, as always, I'm joined by um, regular Carl. How are you, my friend? Yes, I'm good. Thank you, mate. COVID free. So uh, that's something as of today. So we'll definitely... Uh, be able to get to the away game on Monday, so very hyped about that. But yeah, very good, mate. Thank you. How are you? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, getting by, just chilling, really. So uh, yeah, life's life's decent. Uh, just on the beach, really. I am on the beach, like Blues are on the beach. <laughs> so that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> um, and uh, we're joined by special guest. You've seen him before. It's Harry Brummy on tour. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I mean, I've got over Forest, so feeling a bit more positive now. I mean, of course, we've had some other information this week, so that's give a bit of a downer to all the fans. But I'm back, loving talking to you guys. So yeah, let's get underway, my friend. Cool, lovely stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's never a normal week in Birmingham City, really, ever, never, no, no. So. Uh, Let's let's dig into it. We'll start with that Forest game. I I, th- I think the best way to describe it is as expected. Um, realistically, I I personally didn't think we would get anything from the Forest game at all. You know they're unbeatable at the moment, um, and they're looking very good for a potential promotion. That's for sure. Um, Harry, I'll go to you first. Obviously, we went to the game together. Um, what were your thoughts on the Forest game in general? Well, first half, I thought we matched them. I thought it was an even first half, apart from obviously their goal. And Keenan Davis, I'm afraid, had to score the goal. We both said that before the match as well, that we wouldn't be surprised if he scored a goal in that game. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. Good goal. Yeah, very good goal. <laughs> I mean, our defence was all over the place, wasn't it? Um, poor Nico Gordon at the 
how I'm of it all, I'm afraid as well. So yeah, that was definitely a goal to forget uh, for Keenan Davis scoring that. But as a whole in the second half, I thought second half we were poor, they played better than us. We didn't really attack really in the game at all. I think if we did, it was a little bit of periods in the first half. I mean, I thought Dini done better in 10 minutes were coming on than Hogan did the whole game. So, yeah, poor, poor result was expected, but I do expect a bit better uh, a performance from the lads, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's fair enough. I feel like our strategy, really, our game plan sort of left Hogan out to dry. So I, I don't really blame him. We, we lacked a game plan. I think we just went there and looked to match them and hope to get a point. Uh, maybe nick a win that just seen the way it went but obviously conceding the early goal um, that changes the the game entirely Carl um, I'll come to you next obviously um, you, you weren't at the game as you had Covid yeah. uh, you were you were unwell so rather than talking about the game obviously you can talk about what you've seen maybe through the highlights um, but Boya's post-match comments I imagine you'll have seen those <laughs> um, about us Probably being the better side for large spells. I did not think that whatsoever. And Taylor Richards also felt we were the better side. Um, Taylor Richards, I thought, was the best player. (laughs) Um, That's that's all I could say on that, really. Um, So what did you think of those post-match interviews and on your thoughts on the game in general? It's... The problem with the post-match interviews is... uh, I know we touched on with Mark about Bo's attitude in them in general. But there's a there's very few times he seems willing or, or seems to have seen what we've seen in the stands. Um, yeah. Now I know you know the manager isn't going to come out and tear a team down every single time, um, so I understand that. But I think they've just got to be a bit more honesty. I mean, sometimes when you go on Twitter when you're not at a game, or even if you are at the game, there's sometimes a bit of an even split of opinion, or or it's leaning one way or the other. The, t- the opinion was all the same. I didn't see a differing opinion at all about the Forest game. So I'm not really sure what Bowie was watching for 90 minutes at time, uh, on Saturday. Full disclosure, I actually, I think I was awake to see the team. I fell asleep and I woke up halfway through the second half and I woke up and Soccer Saturday was on and I was like, oh crap. And uh, yeah, so we were, we were, I don't think they'd scored again. No, they hadn't because it's midway through the second. I woke up just before Etheridge got injured, I think. Um, um but yeah, I just, I don't know where these players kind of, where, where these comments come from, from the players and the manager sometimes. And I think maybe Taylor Richards being a player on loan, does he want to disagree with what the the, the coach or the manager has said? Probably not. Wants to get a place in the team, wants to be picked. So maybe he doesn't want to disagree. But, you know, from from everyone on Twitter, you know, I'm not saying that we're all going into it expecting something out of that. I don't think anyone hand on heart truly was. Let's be honest, Forrest are sensational at the moment. Um. But, yeah, I just don't really know what I watched. And I, I watched the three-and-a-half-minute Quest highlights, if it was even that long. And, <laughs> like, even just the, the losing of the ball, and I know midfielders do it, and I know it's happened for every team, but it was just from the moment we lost the ball to the moment he, from them, scored a goal, it just didn't really seem like we, bothered, we, we weren't that bothered by it at all. And it's like, oh, all right. And the second goal, well, I mean, I, I don't know how that went in. It just seemed to hit him more than anything else and go in. But, you know, I mean, the damage was done anyway by then. But, 
yeah, I just think, I don't know what Bayou watches, and it does worry me sometimes that he's, he's either incredibly not with it during the games, which would explain a lot, or he just doesn't want to, you know, not confidence, which I get, but sometimes you've got to be honest. Yeah, exactly, and I think if you're not honest, then you can't set the right standard, and that that game was not any sort of standard whatsoever. Um, it was it was awful. Um Harry, I imagine you echo uh, Carl's thoughts on Bayer's presser. Um, obviously, we spoke about it in your preview as well. Overall, it's again, if you're going to lose to any side, you're not going to be too upset about losing to this Forest side because of how good they are at the moment. You know, I think it's like five or six wins on the spin now, um, like one or two losses in their last 15 or 16 games. So they're very much an informed side. Um, so, yeah, we, we just take it on the chin and move on to Coventry this Friday, which we'll touch upon later, um, which will also be a tough game. But realistically, there are some things pointing in our favour, I think, particularly injury wise. And that's why we'll lose. So um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we'll talk about that in a bit. I, I am actually feeling positive for that one, surprisingly. Um, so, yeah, talking about the Blues, crazy merry-go-round and how crazy it often is and it's never a normal day to be a blues fan um we had a, a brand new honorary blues fan um the the other day i think uh obviously he's, he's done music with jk before and there's there's been a photo of him doing the uh the zulu hand gesture um from a few years ago um and that's uh honorary blue nose ed sheeran uh on a, on a night out with uh, a few blues fans in the roost and uh what not um <laughs> it's it's a shame that uh they, they well if they announce these things then the pub there will be no room to move in there so uh yeah no it's just it's just you got to be there to see it and experience it and i'm sure the people who were there feel very lucky uh i was certainly quite jealous i'd have loved to have seen uh ed Sheeran in the roost um <laughs> and I'm going to ask you both for your thoughts on this and I, I make it sound like we're going to have some in-depth analytical conversation about Ed Sheeran being in a pub pouring a pint of Carling. I'm not. I'm just saying, did you like it? Did you not? Uh, I'll start with you, Carl. Ed Sheeran in a blues pub playing a pool tournament. <laughs> yeah. What's not to like about that? Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, was, it was quite surreal. Like, because I'd only I glanced at it briefly and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, I genuinely didn't realize it was him. I was like, oh, it's clearly just someone who looks like him. Scrolled on by. <laughs> and then uh, I think I must have been at work. Uh, so I must have been working. I must have looked at my lunch and it, like Twitter just exploded. And it was everywhere. And not just like on Blue's Twitter, it was on, it was on all like the big, you know, uh, cool pages and not so cool pages online. And I was just like, yeah. this is sensational. Like, and like that must have been just one of the most surreal moments of people's lives. Like, just in a pool tournament with Ed Sheeran, who has amassed more fortune and has more talent than I think we do. That's why the three of us are sat here doing a podcast on the internet and not writing yep. songs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just—it was just something that was pretty cool to see. Do you know what I mean? It was just, you know, in a pub that we've either drunk in or, you know, like walk by on a, a daily or a weekly basis and. Yeah, it's just pretty cool. Like, just something a bit different to, to start the week off right um, uh, before in too true blues fashion. That's harder to say than you think it is. We have the rug pulled from under us. But, yeah, no, it's pretty cool. 
Exactly. There's got to be some positive around Blues at the moment, and that that's probably one of the few ones you can take at the moment. Um, to be fair, we do have quite a few famous Blues fans, particularly uh, at the moment, coming through a few boxes. Obviously, you've got your Fi, um, Melvin, who's um, I think he's got his first like major boxing uh, event coming up uh, very soon. Uh, Blues are getting a bit bit of publicity for that on Twitter, which is cool. Um, and obviously, uh, bare knuckle boxer as well, Connor Tierney. Um, so yeah, just I, I, just showing how big our fan base really is at the moment, which is great. And uh, hopefully, Ed uh, after his night out has a soft spot for uh, Birmingham City. So we please hope. buy us. <laughs> yeah, please buy us. I imagine he could afford it if he really wanted yeah, to. Please. But I would, I wouldn't wish that depression upon anybody. Or even just the stadium. Just buy the stadium. That's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll accept it, that. Just, just. Just something. Yeah, just the main stand. Just the but, burger but, bar. By the club shop, mate. That'll do. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll come to you quickly, Harry. Uh, how buzzing were you about Ed Sheeran being in the roost? I was buzzing, to be fair, mate. It took my, it took me completely off the result uh, that we got away at Forest. I thought it was a great positive start to the week, exactly like Carl said. And Carl took me words away. I was going to say, Ed Sheeran, I've got three words for you. By the club. Absolutely. <laughs> Love that, mate. Love it. Um, so moving on to a bit more positive news as well. It's it's all just too much to take in. Um, three youngsters signing three uh, new deals. I think they're all one year extensions, to be fair. Um, Odin Bailey, Josh Andrews and Ryan Sturk. I, for one, am very happy about this, but I don't know what Blues' intentions are. Whether you never know, there could be to cash in on these players. Really wouldn't surprise me if we cashed in on uh, Odin Bailey, um, maybe even the other two as well, you know, Baby Zigic, Josh Andrews, um, who's had a decent spell at Rochdale. Ryan Sturk has been on fire at Mansfield. And that, to be honest, out of the three, the one player that I want to see the most um, is Ryan Sturk. I think he showed some really positive glimpses um, at the end of last season under Boya. Um, you know, uh, I just feel like if he can already perform at championship level and then has gone down to League Two and uh, really set things alight, um, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in contention. Obviously, you know, we've got, I'd say midfield is probably one of the more competitive areas at Blues at the moment. Um, obviously, Gary Gardner coming into a bit of form again. Uh, Ivan Sanjic has been OK. Bakun has been a revelation. Jordan James has been an absolute star boy since breaking through. Tate Campbell as well can obviously play midfield roles. Um, so it would be tough, but I don't see why Sturk couldn't compete. I think with Bailey, the only role he really fits at Blues will be a number 10. But I think he naturally likes to play more of a winger these days. Um, but I, I do think Odin Bailey's deserved more of a run in the team for a while now and then Josh Andrews I think it's too soon to pass judgment on him yet um I, I still think that he's got a lot to give and a lot of development to go but I'd rather have Josh Andrews in the squad than Sam Cosgrove so <laughs> there we are um I'll go to you first Harry what what are your thoughts on these new deals and um do, would you like to keep them all or sell one or two uh what are your thoughts on that you know what mate it kind of I'm happy about it don't get me wrong but it also makes me think have the club got much money in the summer to sign players because let's be real Odin Bailey like oh, last time I was on here we spoke about him because uh, obviously his contract was running out and we all thought they weren't going to give him a new deal um, 
So for me, I'm just a bit wary of the fact that would we actually not be signing many players in the summer? Hence why Bailey's contract has been extended. Are we going to bring him in? And I was all for one uh, when last time I was on here as well, saying that I've been frustrated he hasn't featured, hasn't been given a chance. He's just been loaned out. So I'm happy in that sense. It just worries me a bit uh, for the reasoning I've given. But yeah, for youngsters' development and everything, I'm all for it. And I'd love them all to be in the uh, match day squad every single week next season. Even even Josh Andrews, why not put him on the bench or something? Uh, give him a go. May as well. I've got nothing to lose. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, um, there's no reason why we uh, why we shouldn't give these youngsters a chance, uh, particularly towards the end of the season. Because, like I said earlier, we're pretty much on the beach now, not officially, but you know, it'd be very unlikely for us to go down now. Um, I wouldn't mind it though. I'm I'm still pro to League One away days. Um, <laughs> um, no, I'm I'm joking. Carl, what are your thoughts on uh, the contract extensions of the three youngsters? Yeah, I think it's all really good. I think from a youth development point of view, that's really positive. Um, I think they are probably three of the youngsters that deserve it based on the noise that's been made about them this season. Um, I would agree with Ryan Sturk. I think he's got to be in and around the squad for next season. I think, you know, if Jordan James can come in and not have had any professional football, and do what he's done. You know, Ryan Stokes had a whole season at Mansfield where he's effectively helped them with their promotion push. Yeah, exactly. um, and has been a, a really strong part of that. Um, so I'd expect him to not just be given the year extension. I'd expect him to be around it. Then again, I thought he'd be around it this season. So, so did you know, I. Yeah, we, we would have to see with that. With Odin, I've always liked Odin. Um, I've always thought, you know, I guess it's his affiliation to Blues. You know, it's. You know, you know, when he scored that goal against Middlesbrough, you saw just how much that meant to him and, and things like that. I think if we're looking at forward and let's, at this point, we'll say we're not expecting Chong and Richards to come back next season. He's a decent option. He's been playing first-team football now for a couple of years. Forest Green, obviously, last season. And uh, where's Livingston this year? Yeah. Is it Livingston? Um, so, you know, he's got the experience. And these these guys, certainly with Odin, he's got a single swim, hasn't he, effectively? And next season, I would hope that that's his chance, you know, to impress and get another deal. Uh, and if he doesn't well, then it doesn't work, but he's got a single swim. Uh, and then with Baby Zig, yeah, I, from what I've seen of him, which I must admit is quite sparing, I think it's the right idea to hang on to him. Um, he also is another one that probably deserves another opportunity. So... Uh, sorry, I say another opportunity. Opportunities in and around the first team squad. We'll just have to wait and see what happens, I guess, with him. Um, but I totally agree with what Harry said. Is it a sign that actually money, and no doubt we're obviously going to touch on the accounts in a bit, is there that sign that actually that money isn't going to be there through the summer? We are going to have to rely on youth? Possibly. Is that a bad thing, though? Because are we going to have a bunch of youth players playing for their futures? Yeah, you exactly. Know? So... Yeah, it swings from roundabouts, but I'm really happy that all three of them have been given extensions, especially as I think we mentioned either on the last pod or the pod you were on, Harry, that you know we, we weren't sure if Odin would get extended for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's really positive news that they all have. And also, I think there was news today that, is it Rico Brown is expected to sign a deal as well? Yes. So, and again, that is, is more great news. So, at least that's Honestly. positive, if nothing else. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm excited um, for all the young talent we got coming through. I just hope we're not signing them up just to cash in on them because we got no money. Uh, I think that's that is a bit of a worry. Um, but th- they've done enough, you know. They've done enough. I think Josh Andrews could probably do with another loan deal, um, get a bit more first team experience because obviously that that experience at Rochdale was cut short by injury, um, sadly. Um, but as for Odin Bailey, he's had enough experience now. And for me, whenever I've watched him, I've been impressed. Um, you know, he scored some good goals this season for Livingston. Actually scored the other day as well. Um, and, you know, when I watched Forrest Green in the playoffs last season, he came on off the bench and completely changed the game. Like, it's not very often you can say a young player can come on and change such a high-stakes game and pretty much turn it on its head. Uh, obviously, they were unlucky not to win in the end. Um, but yeah, Odin Bailey's got what it takes, and he showed that when he scored that goal against Middlesbrough. So, you know, I, I think we've been very harsh on him uh, over the years. And you know, George Friend said, "What what what player do you think has got the most ability at the club?" Bearing in mind we've got players like Ivan Sanchez and Jeremy Bella at this point, he said Odin Bailey. So, you know, you've got an experienced man like that saying. Um, he thinks Odin Bailey is one of the most uh, technically gifted players we have at the club. So, um, yep. yeah, I, I'd like to see more of him, definitely. And, uh, I think we've just got to be patient with them as well. Do you know what I mean? Very, like, yeah. if they are, you know, it's... I know how frustrating it is, you know, we, we've all experienced watching Leco and and various other players, but I think we need to give, certainly the youth players, we've got to give them time to bed in and be patient with them if they are given a chance especially at this end of the season. I mean, look at the end of last season. We got done in those last two games, like nine goals in two games because we were playing the youth. You know, we've just got to give him time. And I think so does Boya. You know, like he's got to realise that after this weekend, I think if if Barnsley lose Friday, then we're mathematically safe regardless of our result. So not only are we going to be on the beach, other teams are going to be on the beach. Give them an opportunity and actually give them some time. And in the friendlies as well. It's no good having friendlies and not using them. Um, but as fans, we just need to be patient, be behind them, like we were with JJ, like we were with Tate, with Nico, with Jude. I mean, I know we all had expectations for Jude anyway, but you've got to be patient with these guys because that is when you will see it, not when you're on their backs. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Would um, you both agree as well that Odin Bailey's loose career is on the line when he comes back as well? Yes, 100%. Yes. 100%. I think the most pressure is on Odin. Um, yeah. That's, you know, because of his age. But also, I think he has been... For me, I think Odin Bailey's actually been a bit harshly treated um, by the club yeah. a little bit. Um, deserved a run in the first team a while ago and has just been shipped out on loan. And, you know, when Bowie was asked, would we consider recalling him because we needed the numbers at the time? Wouldn't do it. Um I, I, I just don't get the vibe that Boyle actually wants Odin Bailey, um, which, you know, I could be very wrong. That, that you know, assumption is the mother of all. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I just, I, I really want him to do well, but he just never seems to get much luck when it comes to uh, actually getting near the blue squad. Um, and, I, you know, everyone was surprised when Ryan Sturk was loaned out because he'd yeah. just come off the back of a really good end to the season. And everyone was like, Ryan Sturk should be in the first team. And then all of a sudden we loan him out. And it's like, what? Why have we done that? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's I, 
Odin Bailey's definitely uh, the one with the most pressure, but I, I think he can deal with it. He seems like a calm and composed kid. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. It worries me as well uh, that it could, uh, you said, Tom, that uh, it could be where Boyo isn't keen on him. It worries me that it could turn into another Ivan Sanchez situation where Boyo wouldn't uh, pick Sanchez either. Yeah, well, I don't know. The situation with Sanchez, obviously, he's a good player, but he did have a long-term injury. Um, and he did pick him in pre-season, but then eventually got that injury, sadly. And, um, yeah, it it is what it is. But I also think Ivan Sanchez was probably a bit homesick as well. Um, I imagine there, there might have been an element of that. Um, sorry, love the club. But realistically, it's a, it, it's a massive jump. Um to, to go from Spain to England. And, uh, yeah, I imagine he's probably happier being back in Spain now. So, you know, you never know. You, can, you can't really predict these things or, or truly know. Um, but Ivan Sanchez was a great player. We all know how good he was. Um, just didn't really work out for him in the end, sadly. Could you imagine him now? Chong, Taylor, Hernandez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Ivan Sanchez would have been great in this team. Oh, my. Just thinking about it makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, you know, I'd have had Sanchez at number 10 while Chong was injured, if I'm honest. But, you know, yeah. hey-ho. Well, forget, forget Lyle Taylor, baby. It's now Odin Bailey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, to be honest, out of all the players um, that obviously we've signed on loan and whatnot, I think Ta- Taylor's the only one that I think I can see us definitely bringing back. Because uh, I think Forrest had let him go for free, particularly if they got promoted. Um, as for Onel, I think Norwich will look to cash in on Onel or they might use him next season. Um, and Tahith Chong, his wages are pretty much like double anyone else's in our actual current squad. Um, and that's just his wages at United. So I, I can't see that one ever materialising um, whatsoever. And United, they're, they're thinking of handing him the one-year extension, but purely just to cash in on him, nothing else. So... Uh, that's that's the rumours I've seen anyway. Um, so yeah, I I I can see us getting Taylor back, but not the other two. Uh, potentially on L. Obviously, we've already said we've inquired, but uh, you never know. He's a good player and uh, could definitely uh, do do a job for Norwich, and uh, I'm sure Norwich fans feel the same. Um, moving on to a, a negative, sadly. Um, and that is the financial report that came out from last season. Uh, it came out the other day. It's a rough read. Um, I, I've read Dan Ivory, Almagier's um, write-up on it as well. I, I've read everything that um, our Kieran... His name is. Yeah, Kieran Maguire, that's it. I, I did a podcast with Kieran Maguire once. He's actually a really nice guy. Um, very interesting, very knowledgeable. Um, and obviously, um, go check out the Price of Football podcast if you are interested in the uh, financial side of the game. Is there anyone um, you've not done a podcast with, Tom? <laughs> I, I don't think so. You like to put it about a bit, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've definitely been around the block. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've, I've, uh, I've been around and done quite a few podcasts with a lot of different people. But Kieran was an interesting one. That was on the old Goal Hanger podcast I used to do. Uh, with, with Adam um, and Brandon, so uh, yeah, no, that that one was great, but that was mostly talking about Derby's financial affairs, and there's uh, a lot to dig in there. Um, but yeah, so no, uh, another great write-up, really. Um, I feel like the biggest talking point was 
would we still exist if Jude Bellingham wasn't sold? Because um, that really seemed to be the case. <laughs> um, or, you know, would would we be in admin the same way Derby are right now? Like, what, what could have happened? What could have been? Um, would we be on a 21-point deduction on our way straight back down? Um, straight down to League One? I, I don't know. Um, but I feel like that that's... It, it, it shows why Jude's numbers, uh, Jude's number was retired, and um, he should probably have a statue at this rate as well. <laughs> can't afford um, it. Yeah, but we can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's free to retire a number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, but um, that's that's the main talking point I saw from it. Obviously, you uh, the, the the things that Dong spent his money on while he was CEO and his pay rise and whatnot doesn't help. Like that amount of money could really have helped the club, um, but obviously the wages is still clearly a problem. Um, wages is still a problem. We're still, you know, we're still losing a lot, a lot more money than we're we're making, and a lot of that is down to the wage bill. So there's still a lot of work to be done, and that's probably where you have to sympathise with Boyer and Gardner a little bit and just cut that little bit of slack and see what we do in the summer. Um, Carl, I'll go to you first on this. Uh, what what was your general take? from uh, those financial reports i don't think there's anything to take from it other than we are in the shit uh basically yeah you know and i know that this isn't news to us particularly we're fully aware of this for a while um you know dan again has, has, has done some you know where would we be without him do you know what i mean like the stuff that he's found out and puts out there for us is sensational yeah, I mean, I, I think you've kind of summed up effectively what I would have said, mate. You know, it, it does appear to be that Jude Bellingham has... I know we've all sort of said, well, he's saved our club in defence of the retire the shirt jokes, but yeah. it looks like he literally has. Um, and the sale of Che as well before that as well um, has obviously helped. So, yeah, it's it's just not pretty is it that there's literally no positive you can take from it you know the sale of jude makes it look better than it is with you know it's quite literally polished a turd and not not just any turd like a really horrible stinky <laughs> you know turd and i say polish it in the lo- loosest possible terms um oh dear what do we say about it you know it's yeah it's genuinely scary um and it just shows you how much money, ignoring the dong thing, but how much that trolley dash has cost us. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like we've, well, I mean, it feels like we've, we've been on this spiral since before this lot came in, to be fair, from, from the look of it. But oh, I just, it just makes you, it just sinks your heart because we love this club. What would we be? We, we wouldn't be here without this club. I mean, I know we yeah. exist, but we wouldn't be chatting about it. You know, we'd have nothing like that on, on, on the go. And, I just, yeah, it it just genuinely makes me gutted and we really need to get these owners out. Yep, desperately, desperately. And obviously there is um, there, there is a few rumours of a protest before the Coventry game. Um, depends whether there's a big turnout for that. I, it's frustrating because I feel like the, the club, obviously appointing Ian Dutton and Craig Gardner in those different roles are trying to change things but we're not changing quick enough we're not changing quick enough and right now the pace we're moving at it's it's still not fast enough to 
change the fortunes of this club and the way we're heading and the direction we could be going in. The problem is uh, the problems are above them. And yeah. that that's the biggest issue. You know, you can you can put up a few street view, food vendors, which I'm not knocking. They've been great additions to have that different there. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Ian's <laughs> communication, we've mentioned, has been great. And that's brilliant. I know he helped you guys out at Swans, as we spoke about the other week, and that's brilliant. But ultimately, he still reports to those upstairs. And, it, it, you know, sh- unless he's got millions tucked away to buy the club that we don't know about yet, which, Ian, if you have, let us know and we will back you. <laughs> Um, he's still ultimately answering to, I'm going to call them the overlords, that's no disrespect to to Ian and the others, but he's answering to to the overlords who, let's be honest, don't give a damn about this club. Don't care about us. They don't care about Jeremy and, you know, Assessor Blues and doesn't care about anything else to do with with us. They just care about their listing. And that's the biggest problem. We've got all the people at the club can do the, the greatest work in the world to get us back on side but it's above them that the change is needed. Yeah, exactly. I feel like we're just an app on their phone that they don't use anymore. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, we just they're just bored. Like, they keep us there because it's great to have a Hong Kong listing and that's about it. Um, they invest money, we lose it, and hey, presto. Yep. Um, beg for some more cash to actually run the club, and that, that's about how the merry-go-round works, really. Um, Harry, what, what were your thoughts on... Uh, on the report? Um, I mean, he, he said, Amadrew, he said Bellingham's the saviour, but is he really the actual saviour? Because if Pep Clotet didn't play Bellingham, there would be no sale of Jude Bellingham in the first place. So Pep Clotet is, for me, probably 50-50 in the saviour uh, comment that Amadrew has said about Bellingham um, for that exact reason. Uh, as well, I think the summer we need to continue to get the big uh, big wages off the players that are earning too high on the wages. We need to get rid of them, um, even if they are potential like good players uh, in our team. I just think then get players that are going to earn less, but potentially could improve us at the same rate as what the players are performing at now. Obviously, well. I'll say that we're finishing 18th every season, but um, yeah, we just need to get the big earners out the door as well, um, and we just need to keep continue that process of what Craig Gardner is trying to implement. Um, but yeah, it's worrying. If I'm honest, it is worrying to think that if it weren't for the Bellingham sale, that we could be in utter shite this season. Yep, that's that's the best way to put it, really. Um, with with Pep, um, what from what I've gathered and what I've read, um, I think one of the one of the other reasons we got rid of Monk was because Monk didn't think Jude was physically ready yet. Uh, Dong was very interested in integrating Jude into the first team as soon as possible because of the interest that was already there from big clubs. And obviously with Pep, appointing Pep that, you know, Dong and the people above will have that bit of control over him. Um, he's easier to control than a Gary Monk is. Um, you know, I think Dong Ren being on the training pitch with Pep Clotet is a great example of how involved Dong Ren was when Pep was... In a tracksuit. <laughs> yeah, in a full tracksuit and football boots. So, you know... Uh, at the end of the day, um, I, I think 
no matter who we brought in to replace Monk, it would have been a, they would have been asked to get Jude starting and playing. And obviously, that's not a bad thing because Jude clearly was ready. He was a fantastic footballer. Um, still is and getting better and better all the time and looks probably doubly the better player he, uh, he is now at Dortmund than he was at Blues, which is amazing um, because he's developed a lot, especially physically there. Um, and, you know, he's still the star player on the pitch, even at a much higher level. So it's a, it is great to see. But I think with Pep, he was kind of forced into playing Jude. But I, I, I doubt Pep will care because, you know, Pep saw something in Jude anyway and um, trusted him, put a lot of confidence in him. Jude ended up playing something crazy like 40 games in the end. So, you know, credit to Pep where it's due. But I think no matter what, you know, whoever was played, um, Jude would have had some involvement that season and had to because we needed the money and I think the club knew that. So uh, that's the best way I can summarise that. <laughs> and I'll just say, though, if Don got rid of Monk, for that exact reason, that really pees me off because Monk played the best football since Gary Rowett. It's not. It's not only that reason though. I think I, it was, yeah, I know. If it was, it a was big one of the few reasons, big... and as bad as Dong is, Monk had stuff yeah. going on as well. Like let's let's not cover him in glory here because uh, Gary Monk has been at other clubs and had the same issue essentially. You know, Leeds, Middlesbrough, um, Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, um, and a lot of that being like agent fees and one of his best mates being uh, an agent. I think it's Silverstone or something, um, whatever his name is, James something. I, James I Featherstone, isn't it, I think? Yeah, it that's it, Featherstone, that's it, yeah, uh, James Featherstone. Um, so, yeah, I think that there was something going on there and there's so many different stories and rumours around that. So... You know, Monk, yes, played great football, seemed like a likeable guy in every press conference and seemed to get on well with the fans. But I, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that he was, you know, the, the golden boy, because um, I don't think he was. Because if, if, if it didn't happen at other clubs, then, I, you know, I would question Dong. But when you've got owners like Steve Gibson, who have a problem with Gary Monk as well, by the, scene, by the sounds of things, then uh, it does make you really question it. So... Uh, that, that's my verdict on it anyway. Um, but we shall move on a little bit now from uh, the financial reports. And uh, we've got a few questions sent in by some of our viewers. So uh, this is quite exciting. Um, are, they, are they from our actual viewers? Or have you just made them up? <laughs> oh, of course, yes. I've made them up. No, I'll, sh- I'll, shout out the, uh, I'll shout out the viewers that have sent them in if I can actually find the screenshot of them being sent in. Um <laughs> We'll start. We'll start with this one. Um, this is from at Sam Holtham Four. Uh, his first question is: If the club had five million to spend on either getting the lower cop slash Tilton fixed or bringing in three first team regulars, which would you pick? Uh, brackets has to be done or the other. Uh, close brackets. Um, who wants to answer this first? Harry can because he's the guest. <laughs> Go on then, Harry. Would you would you would you spend fixing the stands or would you bring in three first team players? If we're on about Sean Hernandez and Taylor, that would not cost five million quid, would it really? Um it would probably cost a lot more than that to get all them three back. Um I know you can get other good players as well, but five million for blues is practically in it 
for us is a fair bit of money. Um, if I'm honest, probably the ground because it would get all the supporters hopefully back together and the, the uh, stadium rocking again. So, yeah, I think that's a bit more important. I completely agree. And I think it's also beneficial for the club to get the stands fixed so they can actually get some revenue in ticket sales. Not that anyone would really want to come at the moment because we're pretty bad. So at least we can all get get everyone in the stadium. We can all watch us go down instead. So, um, yeah, we might, might as well fill the ground while, uh, while we plummet. Um, I, I would probably say fix the stands as well because I hate St Andrews at the moment. I, I, it's genuinely lifeless without those lower tiers. Um, especially if you know if you include st- safe standing in that question, I'd love that down at Blues. Uh, Carl, what, what what's your answer? Yeah, I agree. Let's be honest, we haven't got a great history of investing money in players. Um, <laughs> we think that five million is what we nearly spent on Ivan Sundic. So um, <laughs> I would, yeah, I think that we've done all right out of freeze and loans. I know that's not ideal, but if it means getting the stands fixed, absolutely. I think it's about you know. With respect to teams that we've had previously, we've had worse teams than we've had now and played well when that stadium is rocking, let's be fair. So I think the stadium is essential for for all the reasons that you guys have said as well, you know, for the atmosphere. Even if it's not full, people are back in their seats around people they know again. Do you know what I mean? And that in itself makes a load of of difference. Um, So, yeah, let's get the stands fixed. And I think we all know that's that's got to be the priority. So, yeah, five million (coughs) on the stands. Uh, would be ideal. Um, so, yeah, I'd pick that one. But thanks for a really hard first ses- question, Sam. Crikey. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's a, quite a tough one. Um, second question from Sam is, which manager would have done a better job with the current players this season? Not given any options. Um, so, I'll, I'll generate a few options for you. Um, this batch of players... Um, Let's go with the, the managers we've had it since we came down to the championship. So we'll go with Hewton, Lee Clark, Rowett, Monk, Clotet, uh, Redknapp, uh, Cottrell. Zola. <laughs> uh, Zola, yeah. Um, uh, we'll go Craigie and Spooner as well. And obviously <laughs> Lee Bowyer. Um, Carl, you, you answer this one first since uh, Harry, <laughs> Harry answered the last one. Which which manager do you think would do best with this side? I should have not jumped the gun on that last one, should I? <laughs> right. Um, I think I will probably go with... Monk, I think. Uh, the reasons for that are that he really did play to our strengths and I think he would do exactly the same again. Um, one of the things we lacked under him was quality um, and I think he would be the best person to get that out of them. Uh, Clark and Rowett, I think they would, well, Clark, it would be as bad as Bowie's bingo machine, let's be fair. <laughs> Rowett, okay, he's doing a good job at Millwall, but I don't think these are his type of players, some of them. Yeah. Zola, I was tempted to give Zola the shout because, again, he didn't have the players. Only because he didn't have the players when he was here, when he tried to play the wing-back system. I know we still don't really have the players, but they've done better. Cottrell, well, he can get in the bin. Um, (laughs) Clotet, again, yeah, maybe would do better. But I think Monk, 
just because I think he would, yeah, I think he'd get the best out of them. I think we'd, we'd have, you know, because when you think about with Monk, with the backroom staff that comes with him as well, they worked wonders, especially, I think we all know the effect that James Beattie had on the strike force when he was here. Um, so, yeah, I'd go with Monk for me, uh, but it is, that is an absolute shitter of a question. And that uh, is, yeah, it's a that's a rotter, uh, but Monk for me, um, mainly because that was probably the last time I was truly happy as a Blues fan. <laughs> yeah, so, I um, yeah. I think I think I'd have to agree. It's very tough um, because I love Gary <laughs> Rowett with my whole my whole heart. Um, <laughs> yeah. Still, still dream about the Rowett days. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think some people might say Hewton, um, just because of what he's achieved as a manager um, and obviously how well he did at Blues. But I think. He proved this this year at Forest that I think yeah. Hugh has sort of outgrown the championship now a bit, um, or the championship has outgrown him. Like it's it's a different game now. It's a different game than what it was, um, and his style just doesn't seem to work as well. Um, so I think he's gone to international management at Ghana now, um, which is interesting. Not not a route I saw him going down, but good luck to him. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I would probably go with Monk as well, just for the team spirit's sake. I feel like, you know, the spirit on the Monk was really good. The connection with the fans was great. Atmosphere was great. Um, a close second would be uh, Rowett for me, though. But the reason why I'm not going with Rowett is, like you say, the type of players. I think Rowett works better with sort of, you know, run through a brick wall players, um, you know, fight for the shirt. Um, whereas Matt Monk can work with both, you know, he's got those more technical players. And obviously, you know, you look at Millwall, they, they do have some good technical players, but I do think they're still of a great mentality as well. They're not really um, luxury players as much as some of the ones we have now. So, yeah, I would probably go Gary Monk as well. Harry, who would you say? I feel like you're going to echo us. Well, it was going to be really easy if you didn't say Blues managers. I already had two outsider managers of other teams in me head, but uh, if it was, <laughs> until you changed it. But yeah, uh, Blues, mm, I think I'll probably agree with Gary Monk, if I'm honest. Uh, he sets his team up really well. Uh, yeah, knows how to win a game of football. Even been against big teams, he sets them up just, yeah, in order to win. Uh, defence to attack. Like Carl mentioned, James Beattie uh, was crucial uh, when Monk was in charge as well. Got Che really scoring bangers, to say the least. Um, close second, yeah, I'd probably choose Rabbit as well. If I was to add a third to it, probably be Clotter. That would be my in, in order three. Uh, but yeah, Gary Monk. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think um, oh, I've lost my trailer thought now. With Gary Monk, uh, that season, we if we didn't get that point deduction um, and then go on that six-game losing run after we got it, um, I personally think we would have finished eighth or ninth that season. Yeah. Um, you know, we were eighth place at the time, um, which is unthinkable now, really, um, to think that Blues could ever be eighth. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, obviously, we were in eighth place. It was sort of past the halfway mark of the season. We get the deduction, go on the losing run, and then uh, we coast till the end of the season. I think we finished 17th. Um, but realistically, you put the points back on, we would have finished 14th. 
that year, but I, I still think we could have done better than that. So, uh, obviously, with Rowett, he got the two 10th place finishes and then was in the playoffs before he was ridiculously sacked, which still haunts me to this day. Um, it haunts us all, I think, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, next question is... By the way, Sam, you're barred from asking questions for at least a month after those two. <laughs> they were very tough, very tough. Um, keep it up, Sam. Um Miles McKee um, or at MMCK231101 um, and uh, he said what players that we currently have out on loan will be be able to start regularly for Blues next season? I think this kind of carries on quite nicely from our conversation earlier. Um, So I'll go to you, Harry. Um, I'll, I'll make the question a bit more simple for you. Of those three players we mentioned earlier, um, I can't remember if we have any others that are out on loan. Uh, other, oh, well, Harley Dean, but, I, you know, Harley Lecco, Dean. Cosgrove. Uh, Lecco, yeah, two of those can get in the bin. Lecco, I still like. Um, I want him to do well, but I don't know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, go on. The, the, the three lads that we mentioned earlier, or Lecco, or, you know, if you have a soft spot for Dean or Cosgrove, go for it. That was a bit of an overstatement, to <laughs> the least. Um, but yeah, Odin Bailey, mate. I'd love him to thrive under uh, Lee Bowyer and Blues next season. I think, like we mentioned a bit earlier, Chung's not there. Why not give him that number 10 role? Uh, just be honest, striker or strikers, whatever formation Bowyer tends to play. Uh, if he plays a diamond or if he plays a three, I think uh, Odin Bailey, I think, yeah. Fair enough. I'm going to say Ryan Sturk. I really want to see Ryan Sturk involved next season. Big fan of him. And I'm loving what he's doing at Mansfield. And he's already shown that he can do it in the Championship at Blues in his uh, short spell. So, um, yeah, I think I think Ryan Sturk, a bit different to Jordan James. I think Ryan Sturk's a bit more of a deep-lying playmaker, can make those third-man runs, and has probably got a bit more defensive ability than JJ. But JJ going forward, um, you know, much, much better attacking player than Sturk. Um, so I'd love to see a partnership of them one day, probably not next season. I think they're both too young for that responsibility. Uh, but maybe one day in the future, you never know. Carl, who would you go with? Well, I feel a bit sorry on Josh Andrews if I don't say Josh now, to be fair. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm... Uh, yeah, why not? I'm going to go with Josh Andrews and not just because I feel sorry for him. Um, I think that he is our answer to Duke. You know, I, think I was going to say the same thing. I think he's a he's, great replacement. Yeah, he, he really is a like for like. I think whilst the championship isn't necessarily built out and out for, for big strikers, it's a great option to have. It's a different option. And also he's got the youth and the legs on his side, you know. And and from what I've seen, I mean, watching the game against, I know it's under 23s, but the Norwich game, was it, when he scored that goal? I think it was at St Andrews. Um you know, he just looked great and he looked up for it and looked like he wanted it. And it, I think that he he's effectively a ready-made replacement for Duke. So get him in, get him around, you know, let's hypothesise and say Taylor's back. Get him around Taylor, Deeney. I'm going to say that Hogan will be there as well next season. Get around three strikers who have got experience at that level. And I think he thrives. And I think he's an option. He's got, you know, he, he'll probably have more pace than... Than, than Deeney and things like that. Um, not sure against Scott because Scott seems to have a 
well, I say a turn of pace compared to the rest of our strikers, a turn of pace. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say I'd love to see him in around it. Obviously, I think we'd all love to see all three in amongst it. But yeah, I'll go with Josh Andrews, I think. Yeah, I think with Andrews, it's interesting, really, because he is a bit more mobile than Duke um, and can actually use his feet um, rather than just his head. Uh, so, um, yeah, I... I think, you know, he obviously offers a bit more pace as well for a big lad. So I'd certainly be interested. I, I'd, I'd like to know what Rochdale fans thought of Josh Andrews in his brief spell there. Um, you know, scored a yep. couple of goals, particularly in cup competitions. Uh, whenever I've seen him at youth level, he looks very, very promising. So I, I, I'm all for it, you know, especially with these sort of on the beach games we've got coming up uh, for the rest of the season. Why not? Let's do it. Um, so, yeah. There we go. Another tough question. Thank you for your question, Miles. Um, another question was from Sid, but it's not a question. It's just hashtag BSHL out. Um, <laughs> we so, agree, uh, Sid. Yes, we, we do agree, Sid. Um, and then from Cal at the real Cal T, um, what would you say the likelihood of signing Taylor and Chong permanently is? I feel like we've kind of already touched on this a little bit. Um, I, I mentioned earlier, I think we will sign Lyle Taylor next season, especially if Forrest go up. Um, I think they'll want to get him off the wage bill. I don't think he has a future at Forrest. Um, you know, you never know, but I, I doubt it. And I think he wants to come back to Blues because he wants to play it somewhere where he's loved and uh, we're giving him that love. So, um, yeah, I think Taylor is a definite Chong. I don't think he's coming back next season. I, You know, it would be... It'd be very surprising and amazing if he did, but I'm not really that bothered as well because, you know, he's an expensive player and we can't afford to spend that much money on someone who could be injured for half the season. So, um, yeah, I think Chong's very unlikely. Carl, what are your thoughts on that question? Yeah, I echo you. I think, I always think Chong was unlikely regardless um, because even if he was to go on a free, we couldn't afford that. It's as simple as that. Um is there a chance maybe Manu do give him a new contract and he comes out on loan again? There is that potential, but definitely yeah. not on a permanent. That's not happening. Lyle Taylor, 100%. I think all the noises coming out of every party seems that it's going to happen. You know, if you read between the espionage of, oh, we'll discuss it at the end of the season. Well, he loves it here. We love him here. Forrest, even if they don't go up, I don't think they're particularly going to want him because they've got other players so, uh, yeah, I think that is definitely, a, we, we've said it, I'm sure it's said on many other podcasts about Blues that may or may not be out there in the internet sphere. Um, you know, I think Lyle Taylor is the one that's going to happen and I'm I'm here for it. I'm all right with that. Um, so, yeah. 100%. Harry, what's your thoughts on that question? Um, well, the Taylor one is linked in with a little bit of the last question about Josh Andrews. I think if Taylor signed, Leco came back, I feel like Josh Andrews would be probably loaned out again. Uh, and obviously, depending if Duke was still here or not, I think it all depends. Josh Andrews depends on all of that. Uh, but I think if Taylor was there, he could boost uh, Josh Andrews up and he could learn off Taylor, Josh Andrews. But as for Taylor in general, I've actually, I've got, I don't know why, but ever since the Forest game, and it just had to be the Forest game, I've had a slight, only tiny, but a slight, doubt about whether he will actually sign for us in the summer. Uh, if you think about it, Lewis Graben's like 35, he's out of contract in the summer. Um, Keenan Davis is only on loan at Forest. 
They'll and sign Captain Davis though. They've got the money to. True, but they've then they're left with like Sam Surridge. Oh, I don't know, you know if he's on loan there or permanently there. Um, uh, he is permanent. Uh, he scored the other day at Blackpool as well. Yeah, so they've got Surridge and Brennan Johnson, and there's going to be Premier League teams sniffing around for him. I think even if Forest don't go up, so in that sense, if he leaves and they've only got Sam Surridge left and they don't take up the option of Keenan Davis, I'm afraid I think they'll want Lyle Taylor to stay next season. I mean, just all depends as a whole. They go up, we we get him. I think we'll definitely get him. They don't go up, I think. I think it's a 60-40 chance we will, so 60% in our favour. Um, but we'll have to see on that. Chong, I can't see it, if I'm honest. I The last I heard on the Chong situation was Man United triggered it, uh, but they're what they've, and they've told him to leave. But what they've done, they've triggered it and they've told him to leave so they can get money for him. That's the last I heard on the situation. Okie dokie. Well, that's the end of fan questions. Um, good little segment there. Um, if you've got any questions for us, then... Easy uh, questions. Yeah, easy ones, preferably. <laughs> at us on Twitter, um, at Blues Focus Pod, and uh, ask away. We'll answer as many as possible or anything, really, um, if it's within means. Um, so, yeah. Um, now we are on to the mini game, the mini game for the week. Absolutely buzzing. I love this segment. It's my favourite segment every podcast. Uh, and I do enjoy creating these mini games. So today's mini games, we have Carl and Harry going head to head in celebrity football supporters. So there we are. I have 10 celebrities and I will name them one at a time. I will give you three different clubs. You have to tell me which one they support. And we'll uh, we'll read out the... I'll tell you the answer after the question as well. So uh, you can write up your tallies. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll try and keep it. I'll get some paper. I'll get some paper. We've got some paper kicking around here. Yeah, please uh, so do. I, I haven't got any paper on me. <laughs> I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep score. You know I'll just keep score on my notes, to be fair. Right, so we'll start off with... Celebrity number one, Ed Sheeran. Does he support Blues? Does he support Ipswich? Or does he support Norwich? He supports Ipswich. Harry? Birmingham. Have you, have you, said, have you genuinely said Birmingham? I know he doesn't, but I don't know the answer anyway. OK, well, the answer is Ipswich, so it's 1-0, Carl. Um, yes, I'm finally winning one of these. Come on. He's finally winning a minigame. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and get you both to say your answer at the same time, so it's fair. Um, I'll do a little countdown for you. The next question is another bit, uh, an easy one, I'd say. Tom Hanks, um, Man United, Aston Villa or Chelsea? Man United. Three, two, one, go on. Aston boy. Villa. United. He's already said Man United. Well, it's Aston Villa, so it's 2-0, Carl. I do need more time. I need to do more things with my life, apparently. <laughs> ah, now, this one's a tough one. Uh, number three, Margot Robbie. West Ham, Chelsea or Fulham? West, West Fulham. Ham. It's 2-1, Ooh. Harry's got one back. She supports Fulham. 
I just guessed that randomly. I'm not even gonna lie. There we go. It's close. It is close. Number number four: Sylvester Stallone, Liverpool, Everton, or Manchester City? Liverpool. Liverpool. Nope, Everton. You both got it wrong. So there we go. A point drop. How does Sylvester Stallone support Everton? I don't know, but I do remember seeing him uh, at an Everton game on Match of the Day like two or three years ago, to be fair. Oh. Um, but yeah, he's, he's their most famous fan. Um, so there you are. Um, next one, Daniel Craig. Nottingham Forest, Liverpool or Aston Villa? Liverpool. Um, uh... Go on, Harry. Uh, it is Liverpool, so it's 3-1 Carl. Um, next question, Craig David. I'm assuming you both know who Craig David is. Um, yeah, so Craig David, Southampton, Reading or Arsenal? 3-2-1. Southampton. Arsenal. Ah, Carl, I thought you might know this one. It's 4-1, Craig oh. David. I might, I might as well just start going. <laughs> <laughs> you've still got time to pull it back you could win it if Carl gets most of these wrong so you never know there's still a chance next one is hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on Will Ferrell so Spurs Man City or Chelsea Man City Spurs. you both got it wrong it's Chelsea so it's still 4-1, Carl. Idris Elba, Arsenal, Spurs or West Ham? Arsenal. It is Arsenal. It's 5-1, Carl. Harry, he's leaving you in the dust, mate. Need cool. to catch up now. Uh, the next one is, I think this one's quite a hard one. Hugh Jackman, Wolves, Portsmouth or Norwich? That's also really eclectic. Because he played Wolverine, let's go for Wolves. Just, just <laughs> for the laugh. Harry's on the comeback. It's 5 2 Norwich. Norwich is Hugh Jackman's club. Um, so there we are. Um, 5 2. And Liam Neeson, West Brom, Man United or Liverpool? Man United. Yeah, Man United. It is Liverpool. You both got it wrong. Oh, of course he's yeah. Mm. Should have got that. So I'll, take, I'll, I'll take a five-two loss at this point. It's all right. Five, uh, two. If you want a bonus point, I did make a tiebreaker question just in case. So here you go: Tom Brady, Man United, Spurs, or Liverpool? United. United. Yeah. Well, there you go. You both got an extra point on your scoreboard. It's six-three, Carl. But Carl is the famous football <clears throat> fan champion. There cool. we have it. We have Wicked. your winner. Carl, it's about time you won one of these mini games. Uh, uh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> there we are. Sorted. And, I'll take um, that with my start. <laughs> <laughs> your your uh, honorary trophy will be delivered through the post in a few years' time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so let's move on to sort of towards the end of the podcast now and um, let's preview the Coventry game 
that we have coming up this Good Friday. So um, for me, um, obviously we spoke about it on your channel, Harry. Um, I've actually I've got a good feeling about this game, despite obviously Coventry beating Fulham. Uh, they do have a lot of injuries, only 13 senior players, but those 13 that are left are all very good players, of course. Um, but this game just always seems to be a draw, and historically Blues have always sort of won more against Carth than Cobb have beaten us. So I am still feeling pretty good. I'd, you know, I'd happily... I just don't want to lose this game, if I'm honest. I'd happily win this and not win any more games for the rest of the season. So there we are. Um, but yeah, I am feeling quite confident about this game. But they're, you know, realistically, the two sides on paper, Cov should probably beat us. But you know, they had a better side when we played them at the Coventry Building Society Arena, um, and uh, we had probably a worse team then on paper. So make of that what you will. Um, and we managed to get a draw. They're one of the few teams that have actually taken a point from Coventry at their own place this season. So. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of positives pointing towards Blues in this game. I feel like the only thing that's probably casts a bit of doubt is the way Coventry dismantled Fulham last week. So, um, Harry, I'll go to you first, mate. Um, what are your thoughts coming into this game? Are you are you confident or uh, are you feeling Coventry? I'm 50-50 because obviously they had that great um, result away at Fulham. So, that... Puts me at a 50-50 situation. Um, we do need to be at it. Uh, we need to stop certain good players that they have, like Gokarez, uh, Callum O'Hara, um, of course, ex-Villa player O'Hara. So, we would, like I said, on my preview uh, before this, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if O'Hara falls at the winner or something. And Tom, nice a nice cream egg uh, mug there you've got, my friend. Thank you. I was I was really thirsty. <laughs> but yeah, as I was saying, I can still hear you, so it's okay. Oh, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, as I was saying, O'Hara, yeah, it wouldn't shock me to say at least if he even scores against us. But I am thinking we've just got the edge on the basis they have got injuries, but you never know in the championship anything can happen. But I just pray we can come through it because yeah, I don't really like Hobb, if I'm being honest. Some of the fans are all right, don't get me wrong, but some of them, yeah, no, not for me. Carl, you feeling confident or uh, do you feel Coventry battering us this Friday? I, do you know what? I think they're going to be complacent. I think they're going to come into this game thinking they're going to absolutely batter us. Um, because I think we played them the last time they battered for them, to be fair. I think we played them just after. Uh, and don't, we got that nil-nil draw with 10 men as well, after obviously Woods was shockingly sent off. Um so I think Coventry are going to come in overestimating us. And I think that, yeah, I think it's going to be a bit of complacency. And I think we are, we weren't great against Forest, but I think we're going to be in a better place. I think the only thing that worries me is the goalkeeping situation. Um, you know, I think we mentioned with Mark uh, last week, Tom, that, you know, you need a solid relationship between your keeper and the defence. Is Connell Truman that solid keeper? I don't think any of us would say he is. So that would be my concern that if they target him at crosses and corners, which would be the smart thing to do, let's be fair. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to come in a bit kind of, you know, we're going to bat them. And it wouldn't surprise me if we turn them over. I'm not confident about it, but it wouldn't surprise me if we turn them over just because 
teams have done that to us many times where we've gone in thinking, look at Peterborough, both games, we've gone in thinking we're going to walk this and look what happens. So I think it'll be a similar attitude. You can't knock the work that Mark Robbins has done at Cov either. He's been fantastic. And, and look what happens when you're given time in a role yeah. uh, and backing, of course. But yeah, so I, I think it's going to be a, a closer game than Coventry fans may think. Whether or not we can turn that into... I would back us to win, but it's Blues and they love to just let us down. So, uh, yep. yeah, <laughs> but I think it will be a better game than I think many are expecting. I completely agree, mate. I think this is also what's what is a bit exciting, I suppose, this fixture is I think the run in probably towards the end of the season. I'm not sure if we'll see Neil, Neil Letheridge again this season no, uh, no. To, to be on the safe side. You, you don't want to risk a head injury. Um, so this is Connell Truman's last, 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 last possible chance at a career at Birmingham City. He's had what seven or eight years, maybe nine years, maybe longer to uh, to come on. He's never really been given a chance. He was once, he was once. I I think we have to, you know, he he had a bit of a run under Monk and a bit of a run under Pep. Um, you know, he did make that one amazing save, and I can't remember who it was against. Um, I still think we lost the game anyway. Um, (laughs) yeah, and then obviously, he. He made the mistake uh, for Onel Hernandez's goals uh, when we drew 2-2 in the first game of the season against Norwich a few years back. Um, So, yeah, you know, there's been ups and downs. I think his reactions are actually very impressive, but he's he's not really got much of a physical presence um, in the goal. Um, I I don't really remember him being a particularly commanding keeper either. so, you know, obviously he's had little emergency loan spells here and there. Clearly probably haven't worked out the way they could have. Um, so, yeah, I do think this is just last chance saloon now, really. Um, and I wish him all the best because, you know, you never want a Blues player not to succeed. So, you know, um, I hope out of nowhere he turns into the Irish Manuel Neuer. It's the best way to describe it. It'd be interesting to see if both him and Zach get a chance or if he does just go with one keeper um, yep. because it's a chance for both of them to prove it. You know, I mean, obviously, Zach had the game. Who was it? Was it the Brentford. win against Brentford or the draw against Brentford, Brentford opening game of the season under Karanka? He, he was fantastic against Brentford. And then didn't feature again because we signed uh, Etheridge. I, I'd have honest, I'd have stuck by Gcock that season. <laughs> I, I actually really liked him in that game. Yeah. I thought it was- you know, Etheridge is a big name, so it was like, wow, that's amazing. We've we've brought in a really good goalkeeper. But at the end of the day, I think we could have stuck by Gcock and saved ourselves about two or three million pounds. The one thing about Gcock is though, apparently Salford fans didn't rate him this season when he went on loan there, and he wasn't in the first team. He he was always on the bench uh, for Salford. He didn't even start. So yeah, but he didn't really get given a chance. So so I feel like it's 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 hard. True. I mean, but I think that factor gives Truman the edge, as in, like, maybe Bowie might think, OK, Gcock hasn't really been starting for Salford. I'm going to go for Truman then, maybe. Yeah, I think Salford is, it's, you look at Salford and their season, the first half of the season were really, really poor. A lot of the expectation on a Salford side because the amount of money that's been injected to it. First half of the season was very poor. They're actually flirting with relegation uh, when they're supposed to be at the top end of the League Two. Um, made a few changes um, here and there. Obviously, Zach Cheacock was only there for the first half of the season. Uh, second half of the season, they've really just 
just come out out of nowhere and started winning most games that they play. So now they're back in that playoff race. So maybe it would have been a better experience for Gcock if he was involved in this second half of the season. Completely different team morale. A lot can change in a short period of time. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, there was a lot of variables that probably didn't work out for Gcock in that Salford move. But I suppose that's why we've brought Martin O'Connor in to uh, try and pick out the right moves for, for players that are looking to go out on loan. Because uh, obviously there is, I believe there's a new rule where you can only lo- loan out a certain amount of players now as well um, that's coming into place uh, next season. So, yeah, I feel like um, Martin O'Connor's new role will um, hopefully stop those failed loan spells from happening anymore. Um, or at least they'll be a bit more productive um, and can pick the right club. So we'll see. It'd be interesting. I've not heard much about Mitch Roberts since he went to Carlisle. Obviously, when he signed for Carlisle, they had a different manager. um, And now they've brought in a, uh, um, well, I say a new manager. He was actually there before for quite a while and has completely steered them away from relegation. Uh, I don't know how much Mitch Roberts has had to do with that, though. uh, But I don't think it was very much. Um, So, you know, I it's, we'll just have to see, really, and hopefully we can see more promising loan moves. And, you know, Gcock, if we sign more goalkeepers in the summer, Gcock could do with another loan spell. And I do think he's good enough to play at uh, an EFL level. So, you know, he was good for that one game with Blues. So I don't see why he couldn't do it in League One or League Two. Um, but it would be good, like you say, Carl, if, if we rotate. I'd quite like that. Um, so, yeah, um, that goalkeeper issue, probably the only little worry, I suppose. Um, we do have a voice note from a Coventry fan. Uh, we're going to hear from Glenn from Sky Blue Fan TV now. Uh, let's see, let's see what he's got to say. Hi, my name's Glenn, and I'm part of the Sky Blues Fans TV podcast team. I've been asked by the Blues Focus podcast to give my thoughts on Coventry City's season so far and Friday's game against Birmingham City. Um, start with my thoughts on season so far. It's been a really good season. Um, obviously, we've returned to Coventry after our spell in Birmingham. Um, great start, beat Nottingham Forest with a late goal, beat Reading with a late goal. Um, late goal seemed to be our forte this season. Had a bit of a dip after the high of beating Fulham 4-1. Um, lost Matty Godden due to a ban. Um, lost Gustavo Hamer to a suspension. Picked up a few key injuries. Um, Struggled to beat some teams you'd expect us to be at home. We've dropped points at home against Blues, twice away against Derby. We got beat by Barnsley, one of the few games we've managed to win this season. Um, and also lost a Hull at home quite recently. Um, and then we had a break over Christmas due to COVID that kind of scuppered us. We've kind of hit a bit of form now, but fortunately we've got a lot of injuries to keep players. Matty Godden's missing and Liam Kelly's out. Uh, also, we've lost Jake Clark Salter, who Blues fans will know from his loan spell with them. He's out, so we are pretty much down to the bare bones on it. So um, it's going to be a tough challenge on Friday in the local derby because we've basically probably got about 13 fit first-teamers and the rest are academy prospects. Um, my thoughts on Friday's game, I'm quite looking forward to it. Um, probably be a draw. Um, most of the games against Blues tend to be a draw. I think I've only ever seen Coventry beat Birmingham once. And that was many moons ago at, at St Andrews in, uh, I think it was the Coca-Cola Cup, when uh, John Solarco scored. Well, it might have been Gary McAllister scored, I can't remember. One of the two scored, and we won 1-0. Um, I remember that as a, quite a young 
child going to watch that game. Um, obviously, I've spent quite a bit of time at St Andrews um, in the COVID season, so that was quite nice to go back there. Um, probably, I think my heart says it all. Cov will probably nick it maybe by the odd goal. Um, probably a late goal again. Um, Head says, realistically, I think Blues will be up for it. It's a derby. I expect Libolia to get the team fired up. Um, you've got Lyle Taylor to come back. He tends to have a good record of scoring against us. Um, I think he scored last season for Nottingham Forest um, and also scored on the opening day against us. So he's someone who tends to perform quite well against us. Obviously, you've got Coventry Kid in Jordan Graham, who also has a record of scoring against us as well. Um, and I think just we probably might just be a game too far. I think our playoff hopes will probably come unstuck this week weekend just because we've got such a sort squad with lack of options and such a quick turnaround of games. I think either Blues or Bournemouth might be the game we come stuck under and obviously we put a lot into the Fulham game and didn't use any subs. So um, score prediction, I'm going to go 2-1 Coventry City with a late goal, possibly Callum O'Hare breaking his uh, Birmingham hoodoo which I still have. I'm still haunted by the chance he missed in the FA Cup where it was harder to miss than he was. It was harder to miss than he did to score than he was to miss, like he did. So um, looking forward to the game. It should be a good local derby, great atmosphere. And uh, if you want to check out our views on the game, please check out Scarborough's Fans TV podcast where we did a match preview with Tom Oxland and Gab Sutton. Calling it a derby. Is it a derby? Should we have this discussion before we do anything else? Is Blues Cover derby? To me, it's it's akin to the M23 derby between Crystal Palace and Brighton. Is that It's not a derby. But yeah. you guys live up in the Midlands, I'll let you decide, because it's not really a southerner argument to have. So uh, We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this on the pod again shortly. So that was Glenn from Sky Blues Fan TV. Uh, thank you for sending in your message. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think there's a few talk, talking points to take from that. Um, I, I think there's one that us three all agree on is that Blues fans do not see Coventry as a local derby. We never will, never have, and just don't. Like, just you, you're just there. You're there, and that's that's about it. Like, yeah, we lent you our house for a bit when you had nowhere to live. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's about it. If anything, it's a friendly um, more than it is a derby. So, I, you know, I, I don't particularly like Cov, but I, I don't, you know, it doesn't even come close to my hate for Villa or Wolves. Um, it's probably it's probably the same level as Baggies, really, um, if not a bit less. So, I, I don't know, but you know, if you guys want to call it a derby, that's fine. You do your thing. Um, we're we're happy to um, let you have that privilege if if you must, if it cheers you up. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, my my view. I've already said that I, I'm quite positive for the fixture, um, and I quite liked his his thoughts um, on, on the game as such. I think realistically. A lot of people are feeling a draw just because of historic results and recent results, and that just could be very well likely. But I do think Coventry's injuries have definitely done us a favour. Um, and Callum O'Hare never wants to score against Birmingham City, and I am completely OK with that. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that, that, that hoodoo lives on. Um, so, yeah. Carl, what, what were your thoughts on uh, that, that voice note? 
he seems insistent on making it a derby, doesn't he? I mean, like I said, I'm a southerner, so you know the Midlands derby trash talk and stuff is a little bit lost on me because we don't have that many down here for me to really understand, other than maybe Saint Pompey's the closest one. So, and it certainly isn't on that level. It's more like Brighton Crystal Palace, isn't it? So, <laughs> it's like the, the M40 derby or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, but other than the the, the derby, again, if you, if you want to have a derby Wills, lads, that's great. Thank you. You're, you're welcome the famous Birmingham City will let you have it. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it is definitely, you know, um, helpful to know the amount of players and the quality of players they've got missing, obviously. Um, but, you know, every team's gone through it, I think, this season, I feel. You know, I think there's only a few teams that haven't. You know, look at us, Christmas and January, how bad it was. And even, I think, when we played... Cov actually at their place because that was when that was Harley's last game when I think if I remember rightly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's good to know, um, and I really hope we put an end to their playoff dream this weekend. No uh, other reason. I don't hate them. I've got no reason to hate them, but it's always fun disappointing away fans, isn't it? So uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not particularly fond of Cov. Like uh, you know, I, I like some of their fans. I've, I, I've said it before that I think some sometimes they're a little bit of a B-Tech villa and maybe live in the past and, you know, an FA Cup win or whatever it was. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think cover a big club, but I think they think they're bigger than they actually are. So that's the best way to describe it. Um, but I don't have anything against Cov. They're okay. They're, they're, they're there. And there's a moth in my room and I'm terrified of them. Um, so <laughs> there you go. That that's my assessment. Um, Jake Clark's Alter being injured really doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Right. Um, I, you know, oh, big shock. Um, he was Mister Injury pretty much at Blues. Um, great player. Uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of potential there, but injuries will probably continue to hold him back. Um, wouldn't surprise me. Harry, what were your thoughts? I just see it as the Royal Blues against the Sky Blues, really. Um, like you said, Tom. Probably on par with Baggies, really. Um, and wouldn't it just be so amazing? We stop Baggies playoff potential, uh, and if we do it to Coventry, that will put the icing on the cake, my friend. I would absolutely love that, um, if I'm honest. Um, and especially as that, as the the Coventry fans uh, claim it as a derby, it would. Uh, yes, that would definitely be fantastic if we could do that. Well, I, I suppose we need to win some local derbies somewhere eventually so we might as well call it that and then say we won one um <laughs> yeah i mean even west brom being a bit of a local derby sort of nitpicking at times but um you know the main two for me have always been sort of wolves and villa uh obviously mainly villa but wolves i feel like there's there's something there with wolves um you know there's always been a bit of something but not none of them even come close to villa like you know like I've born born hating Villa. I'll die hating Villa, and that's about it. That's the best way to put it. So, yeah. Um, so, right. Um, we'll do a quick score prediction and dream picks, and then we'll uh, quickly preview the Blackpool game. Um, so, yeah. Um, score prediction, Harry. What are you going to go for? 1-0 Blues, mate. Um, I think it, it won't be as boring as the... Um... West Brom game, where neither team really created much uh, in the attacking sense. I do think it'll be more of an attacking game, but I do think both defences of Coventry and Birmingham will be very good. 
But the difference for me in this game is definitely Lyle Taylor. Um, we've missed him in the last couple of weeks. And yes, I think he'll score the winning goal. Uh, so yeah, 1-0 for Blues for me. Love that. Love the positivity and I hope you're right. Carl, what are you going for? I'm going to go big. I know I said I wasn't feeling positive earlier, but let's go for it. I'm going to go big. I'm going to go 3-0 Blues. And I think that we're going to click similar to the looting game. Maybe not in the first half, but the second half, we're going to come out firing. Not sure why. And we're going to have a Taylor, Hernandez, and hmm, let's go with Taylor Richards scoring. Uh, and it's the second half, we're going to blow them away. And we're going to leave there wondering how on earth we're in the place we are. Um, and uh, that's what I'm going to go for. And my dream pick, I'm going to go with Taylor Richards to start. I like that. Harry, your dream pick? Completely forgot to say my dream pick. Um, Nico Gordon. Love that. Um, my score prediction will be 2-1 Blues. Lyle Taylor back on the score sheet and a bit of Janino Bakuna um, for another goal as well. And probably Zikoresh will score a goal for them as well. They're big Swedish striker, scary guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, my dream pick... I want JJ back in the squad. I want Jordan James back in the lineup. We're on the beach. Get him in. He's a great player. Deserves more game time. I feel like his development has halted over recent weeks because of lack of game time. So I'd love to see him back on the pitch again for Blues. Uh, definitely one of my favourite current players. So uh, hopefully we see a bit more of JJ. Um, right, we'll move on to... Uh, Blackpool very quickly. Quick little preview. I feel like we've kind of rounded up our current thoughts of Blues with the Cov preview. So more on Blackpool. I think they're on the beach as well. You know, they've, their results recently have sort of, they've let go. They, they've, they're happy that they're up. Um, I think, you know, they were probably the least likely to stay up at the start of the season. Um, but you look at the teams that came up last season, Blackpool are the team that have improved the most and they've not even made that many signings. Um so, you know, I feel like they're, they're a younger team than the other teams that came up and they've just come up, improved, adjusted. And uh, I like Neil Critchley as a manager. So fair play to them. And I think they've got a future in the championship and uh, they'll build up next season. Uh, I think the only thing that probably holds Blackpool back a bit is, you know, financially. But, you know, we've seen teams not spend much money and still uh, do very well. So uh, we shall see with that. But no, I, I rate Blackpool good side, but I think, you know, with, with Blues bringing as many as we are down to uh, Blackpool, there's not really anything to play for. And we've beaten them once already this season. Um, so I think we could do it again. So my score prediction, um, I am going... Uh, I, I, I did say a draw originally, but I am feeling a little bit more positive. Um, but no, I'm going to stick with my guns on what I said on your channel, Harry. I'm going to go 2-2. Uh, I think it'll be an exciting game and I think Blues will turn up. Um, and I'm going to say Lyle Taylor uh, to score and Troy Deeney to score as well. And my dream pick again for that one will be Jordan James. Justice for Jordan. <laughs> Get him back in the side. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Carl, I'll go to you. What are your thoughts on Blackpool? Yeah, I think they've done a, a great job to to be as clear as they are of trouble at this stage of the season. Um, you know, obviously very safe in the league when you think that sort of Peterborough, uh, a, a down. A, a, ooh, I've pulled an earphone out. That was really good, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> when you consider that Peterborough are, for all intents and purposes, down. Um, who else came up with Peterborough last season? 
Hull. Hull and well, they're safe as well, but yeah. they've kind of done it by the skin of their teeth. Uh, no one cares about Hull anyway. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Blackpool have done a great job. I think they played some great football, had some fantastic results. Um, looking forward to going. Never been before, so that'll be an experience. But yeah, both teams will be well on the beach. We'll be we'll be more than safe by then. So both teams are on the beach. I think you're right. I think it's probably going to be a draw. Um, let's go for a one-all draw. Uh, we'll go for a rare Scotty Hogan goal. Um, and I will go with a dream pick of... Um, let's go with George Hall. Let's give him a run out. Why not? I think it's a good game for it, you know. Um so yes, yeah, give, give Georgie Hall to run out. Um, I think he did well. I think he's he's probably done unlucky to not be in and around the squad as well. Um, he's another good midfielder. So so yeah. competitive in that area. Yeah. Uh, if only we were as competitive everywhere else on the pitch, it'd be great. Um, <laughs> have a great side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, George Hall one all and a Scotty Hogan goal, which I think will take him to double figures for the season. Um, so at least we'll have one striker hitting double figures this year. Yeah, I think he's already on ten. So it would Is he? be eleven. It was nine. Well, might, either way, it might be nine league goals and one league uh, and one cup goal. I don't know. Oh, uh, maybe. Well, you know, Scotty Hogan goal just to see the the shit house celebration towards the home fans would be lovely. Yeah, it would be nice. You know, the the eating eating the goals and pointing forwards. Uh, I, I do like that uh, celebration. I think he got it from an an NFL player. He did so, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So there we are. And Harry, what are your thoughts on Blackpool score prediction and dream pick? Well, in just a general note before I come on for my prediction, I think all Blues fans would have took where Blackpool are this season in the league. And realistically, you would have thought we'd be where they are and they would be where we are in the league. Um, so, yeah, it's built up for a good game, like Carl said and you said, Tom, uh, both teams on the beach. Uh I'm sure we probably all will probably go on the beach. I can't wait to review this podcast at the end of the season when we somehow, most impossibly, manage to get relegated. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah, man. Um, Good game. Could be an entertaining one. But like I said to you on my uh, preview with you, Tom, on my channel, this season I felt as though when we take a big crowd away from home, the players tend to crumble. Uh, and crack under the pressure um, and that worries me uh, for Blackpool the only reason why I think it might not this time is because we're safe uh, pretty much um, so they shouldn't be nervous or anything at all um, so with that being said however I do still think <laughs> oh, I'm on the fence I really don't know what to go for but I, I'm just <coughs> going to stick with what I said with you Tom I think Blackpool will win 2-1 I'm afraid um, yes, yeah, I just I just can't see anything other than the, the best result I can see us getting is like we're losing and then like you've said, Tom, come back and draw 2-2 or something like that um, my star pick for this game though would be Troy Deeney I like that, I like that hopefully Troy can get a couple more games in and maybe a start before the end of the season, I think he definitely needs uh, a good pre-season in him because it's sort of bit of a last chance for him as well. Um, I, I don't think he had a proper pre-season and that's probably why the injuries have sort of hindered him, um, I suppose. Um, but you say that for a lot of the players. I think this pre-season we've got coming up is huge. Um, you know, obviously with um, Sean Rush as well, being with us from the start should help. 
Um, and yeah, you know, we, we've got to look to improve. We've got to look to be more fit because in the amount of injuries we've had this season is just unacceptable. I don't think I've ever seen it this bad at Blues ever. Probably not since we got relegated from the Premier League. Um, you know, everyone was dropping injured uh, back then, um, and then we ended up going down. So, um, but yeah, so no big season next season. But let's just enjoy what I'm going to continue to call on the beach games, and hopefully it remains that way. Uh, I think it would be quite a mystery if it didn't. So, hey ho! Uh, thank you for joining us as well uh, on whatever platform you've listened to us on, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, uh, Apple Music, Google Play, anything, whatever takes your fancy. Um, so yeah, thank you for joining us. Um, thank you, Harry, for being our special guest today. Um, go check out his channel, Brummy on Tour. And um, as always, Carl, you know, the man, the myth, the uh, the fans' favourite. Thank you for joining, as always. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. It's been good as ever. No worries, mate. Cheers, lads. Keep right on, and we'll see you all in the next podcast, hopefully next week. Ooh, will it happen? Will it be four in a row? That's the question. Keep the right blues. on. Up the blues. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.